Yo, what up, what up, what up? This is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast, and we are back in the building. All right, guys, I'm still in East France. What's up? We're going to be talking about something on how to know whether or not you found the one. Now, you can't. <laughs> That's the funny thing. You buy the ticket, you take the ride, but you cannot know in advance. And there's a lot of people who say with certainty that they can predict that, that they can know who someone is going to be to them before life has panned out. And I'm just going to tell you, life is weird, complex, and there's a lot of things that can happen upon you and your relationship with somebody. There's a lot of mitigating factors that you might not be aware of. And I'm a person who've tried to call it out. I think I've tried to call it one, two, three, I want to say four or five times. Um, I've tried to predict that somebody was going to be my soulmate, my forever person. I was like, this time for sure, my brain has figured it out. I know that how I feel is unique in this situation. But what it really was, was just social programming running its course. And that I was repeating a narrative of this, this person is going to be important to me. This person's important to me. And they look, looked enough the part. Um, and they, they laughed at my jokes. They made me feel good. Um, but in reality, you can't predict it. But I want to focus on something about becoming the one. Now, this is a two-part. One of the reasons is, is because I've been re-watching The Matrix. And it's a great series and i really like the first one um because it is about someone who isn't the one has the ability to be the one becoming the one and i think a lot of times we put so such an emphasis on finding the one that we're not concentrating on being a one you know, many people who want a one are actually a million, right? They're, they're actually the million. They're not one in a million. They are the million. And what you need to focus on is cultivating a product that is where people are writing onto you that you are the one for them and you are selecting which narrative, which suitor do you want the most? And as a man, um, it's rather straightforward. Get good at a domain, work out, make money, and be, do what you can to be attractive. Here's the thing is you don't have to be, a lot of people spend too much time obsessing about the preferences of other people. I am going to tell you, um, out of all the girls I've been with, I, I think maybe two have been specifically into Indian dudes and maybe like one or two specifically into black guys. And the rest of them, you know, who knows? Who knows what their preference is? It didn't fucking matter because I'm a cool guy. And you're not, you're not your base, right? Nobody just wants to date a guy no matter what its form is unless they're fetishizing that person. Even when a girl says, I like dating white guys or I like dating Asian guys, they're not imagining a just regular white guy who works at um, a convenience store. They're imagining a guy in a fucking suit, right? They're imagining a, 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 a person who is in a band or whatever. They're not just mention, they're not just thinking of a guy. So the whole the whole crux of it, where people are like, "Oh, do you like black guy?" Well, nobody likes a guy, right? And if it's just a guy, if it's just the baseline. If you're just average, you're not going to get an above average person or an exceptional person. Because why? Because you get what you are or you sustain what you are. I've seen a lot of like, you know, below average people maybe happen upon somebody great, but that usually doesn't last. Um, 
But when you are focused on being a one, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not a one. I might be a rare person. I'm a one. <laughs> um, I remember one time I was getting broken up with, and I told the person, I was like, I'm a once in a lifetime person. And honestly, 100% believe that shit. <laughs> um, and it's because I am. I'm a rare person by proxy of, you know, where I was born, race, lawyer, comedian, all this other stuff. But I'm not a one. And the reason why I'm not a one is because I'm not finished yet. There's still things that need to be done. There's still tracks that need to be put on the ground. There's still insecurities that I need to manage. There's still refinement that needs to happen. And even though being in process of being the one is frustrating, right? Because you're going to... Me and my friend Jay, this is going to be not a very organized podcast, but I'm enjoying myself, so I'm not going to start over. Me and my friend Jay used to say this thing, that we're skyscrapers and that other people are houses. And this is a very arrogant concept, but it was a way for us to deal with our loneliness in college. And one of the things was because we would notice that guys who were kind of really, for lack of a better term, basic, flat, puddly, shallow, not interesting, would have pretty easy time finding a person that wanted to be with them. And here we are, arrogant, with a kind of a diluted concept of how great we were because we were judging ourselves on potential and only looking at our good sides. We weren't looking at our angles that were inconvenient. And um, we had come to the conclusion, which I don't think is a wrong conclusion, though. So even though I think this theory was brought about in a mindset, in a circumstance that was not ideal and toxic, I do think the idea was right that these guys are houses. It's a lot easier. A house is a lot easier to build. A lot of these guys are going to graduate, get some, you know, maybe like a sales job or, um, you know, some business operations job in a suit, have insurance, buy a three-bedroom house, start having kids at 26. And it was very easy for them to see where this project was going. And it was very easy for to see them living in that house, living in that circumstance, because it was almost finished. Those guys were little houses are easier to finish than skyscrapers. I mean, I'm saying something that sounds pretty ordinary, but it's true. It's like and nobody when you're a skyscraper, what does a skyscraper look like when it's being built? For those of you guys who've never seen a skyscraper be built, I lived in Hong Kong and I've lived in New York. I've seen a lot of skyscrapers go from below ground to above ground. There's a big hole in the ground when a skyscraper is being built. And you got because they got to rip out what was there, dig a hole, put beams deep, deep into the ground. Then they slowly over time build up and there's all these lines of credit that need to be taken out sometimes you don't even know if the building's going to get finished it takes sometimes years to build a lot of times years you would hope it take years to build and while it's being built no one is really anxious to buy up condos like sometimes they are like if it's new york because there's just so much money trying to enter new york that that's the case but a lot of times you know, the building has to open for people to see what it would feel like to live in there. There Very rarely do you have a fully occupied building that is just being built out of the ground. And so that was us. We, we explained it as 
we are skyscrapers and it is taking a long time to build what we're going to be. And even though a lot of people can see that that's going to be a great building, even though a lot of people can see that, that they would like to live there, maybe they just don't see it yet because it's not finished. Like they look at, they're looking at the concept drawings and they're like, oh, these concept drawings are really great. And it's not even that they don't disbelieve that you're going to be great. It's that when you're making the biggest investment of your life, which is who you're going to be with, who you be with, who you choose to be your forever person or potentially your forever person is going to be the biggest, most important investment of your life. And especially for women, because with men, um, it slants, age is more forgiving for men. Not because and necess- men necessarily great age, age more gracefully than women. It is just um, basically a lot of the things that make a man attractive to women tend to increase over time. While the thing that is of big importance for men dating women is youthfulness and fertility and things like that. That, that is... A, basically against a woman in terms of like time and it's 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 unfortunate but that's the reality so women have to be more selective with and they have to be typically more risk averse when picking a person because they are basically have a limited shot they don't have as long a time to mess up um as men do and so it's a lot, there could be like, oh, it would be great to live here. I could see that it could be really cool, but they don't know if you're going to get funding. They don't know if you're going to finish the building. They don't know what it's actually going to look like when it's done. You know, you're, they're looking at the concept drawings and they're like, these are cool, but they don't know with mathematical certainty that's going to be finished. Whereas a house person, a little, a little house guy, um, though they can see the, the, the scaffoldings up. He got a college degree. He actually got his first job out of the thing. He has a good face. He's the requisite height. Um, his family is nice, looks like a picture. She can see herself in it. It's a lot more, it's a lot more concrete than a concept drawing. And so in, in having great ambitions, you're looking at a longer term pay. Uh, it takes longer for the payoff to basically materialize. And there's consequence for this. And that consequence is the type of investment that people make into you. Because it is scarier for them. And so you, rather than trying to spend all your time getting people to, getting a person to occupy a building that's currently being built, try to build your building as quickly as possible. Try to build a fantastic building. Try to build a building that once finished, people will be dying to get in. And that happens. The Upper East Side is filled in New York with buildings that there's a waiting list that goes that go on 10, 20 years for people dying to get a spot in a building that took a long time to build and probably was not sold out before it was built. The other thing in picking the one is you want to have somebody that you can put in stressful situations. Um, and so you got to put your relationship in stressful situations. A lot of times people think that a relationship is good um or you only, there's only a time component and time the reason you want to have time is because you, time naturally there're going to be stressful moments that occur but not necessarily right um and 
so and you can basically a lot of times there, there, there can be a shielding from this you may not be able to see this and so you want to combine a time component where you can kind of see the multiple colors of this individual and how they are in multiple different seasons but you also want to put them in stressful situations like and what i think is a good ones are like camping trips hikes things where they're tired things where they're hungry things where things are not ideal you're kind of th seeing things as they go because then there's the the revealing of who this person is and as that happens as you, they are revealed to you you can make a better decision because there's some people who are pleasant and sweet but when they get in an awful situation you, or like a hard situation they they fall apart or they're mean they're spiteful they're they're aggressive in a way in which that you didn't predict or it's it's so different than their other persona because we live in a time where a lot of people know the right things to say but it's the follow-through and the execution of these things other thing i talked about and i wanted to expand upon this is that you want to have good you want to have you know you know how people have this this list this there's a basic chick fed a uh, basic chick thing in, in the united states where a girl will be like he needs to be six foot two needs to work either in finance or be a lawyer needs to have gone to harvard yale stanford imagine charlotte from sex in the city and they're they have this basically this, this kind of list i i want him to have brown hair green eyes and blah 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 and all this other stuff and newsflash a lot of those girls end up alone or their marriages don't work out because they're focusing on the wrong thing they're focusing they're focusing on the signal they're focusing on the photograph but they're not focused on the movie right and what i mean by focus on the photograph and not the movie is this is when you take a photograph it's a step as a snapshot of what something is right and photographs can have vastly different meanings or context than what is being portrayed in that moment in the moment it could be you know you have a beautiful christmas picture with somebody but it is a terrible terrible relationship and the life with them isn't that great and um so you don't want to focus too much on the physical attributes you do want to have somebody that you're attracted to that's of course right but like also and this isn't to this is to anybody it's, it's like you you're you're gonna even though you think you have a type you and you might say like oh i'm not attracted to certain types of people largely it comes from lack of exposure because there are attractive people of every ethnic background creed um you know even even me i like i just just being able to see on TikTok, a variety of women that just sometimes I just don't get exposure to just because of the demographics of the people I hang out with. I'm like, oh my God, that girl is gorgeous. And um, so who, who you just want to have it be the base of I am attracted enough to this person that I like showing them off to friends. That should be not don't don't get sucked into this nine, 10 stupid shit, because the whole number scale of zero through 10 is it just exists to basically somehow brag to your friends about it. It's weird. And also no one has the same taste. Um, and every 10 is actually an eight, right? Because, you know, it's like a moment. Every eight can be a 10, you know, whatever outfits. It just doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything. Um, what you just wanted to have and is like, is this person attractive enough for me to want to show her, show them off to, to my friends and family? And, you know, and that's that. And if they are that attractive, then that should be the requisite of attractiveness for 
you know, you picking a forever person. Because that's a really attractive person because basically what a wife is or a husband is is somebody that you're proud, that you're, you, you feel comfortable with having their name tied to your name. And so you would want to show them off. And when... So, but you want to pick five core traits. And I think what the ones I wrote down was I want somebody who is intellectually curious. I can't stand to be with anybody, friendship or nothing, that's not intellectually curious. Just because my mind is always going, going. I'm always thinking, right? I'm always... um, I'm always thinking about stuff. I always like thinking about things in different angles. I need to be able to have that kind of relationship with somebody. That doesn't need a college degree. I remember there's the, the one of the greatest dates I ever went on was with this girl who had no college degree. Was 18. I was like 20 at the time. We went to Austin, listened to a jazz band. It was it was like out of a fucking rom-com, right? It was a great fucking date. And she I used to have this wanting that I would have a wife with a PhD, but she showed me, she was like super smart and she's never gone to college, right? And we had the greatest conversations and that's when I realized I don't need someone who's gone to college. I need someone who's intellectually curious. The other thing I wrote was I wanted somebody who, um, actually, let me look at this list. So I'm I'm not umming and eyeing um, through this, tap in my password and yeah. Um, verbally affectionate. I need, so my love language is words of affirmation. I need that. I like being touched. I like being held, but I also just like being told I'm doing a good job. I like being, I like someone really just loving on me like that. And it's something that I really want in a partner and it's how I want to be loved and how I can feel secure in a relationship. Um, the next I want someone who's honest. I, I've dated people who are, I wouldn't say dishonest, but honesty for them was ten, tenuous. Or it's like, I just didn't. I, here's the thing: it wasn't so much they were dishonest. It's like I've dated people that I just didn't trust, and then I didn't trust them because sometimes I just, I think this is the thing: is I want someone I can trust, and a component of that is largely being honest. Then the next is I want someone who exercises. A lot. I want someone who runs, does yoga, works out because I work out and that's a big part of my life. And also whenever somebody works out, when you run, it actually prepares you. It's, it's like a difficult, stressful situation. So it can prepare you for difficult times in life. Like my cousin, Alex, she is a runner and she's actually very good under pressure and stress. And that is what I've noticed about a lot of people who work out. And I notice people who don't work out tend to fall apart because they're not used to putting their body under stress. And so their brain kind of freaks out under these certain circumstances. And the last one is I want someone who is anti-fragile, somebody who gains strength from disorder. Um, I want someone who over time she gets better because life can be chaotic and she shines and thrives more and more. Not somebody who kind of falls apart under those moments. I want someone who's resilient and self-awareness and stuff too. I wanted to put those in and also finds me funny, but at five sounded a lot better. And I don't think I would date anybody for long enough. If they just didn't find me funny, I think they need to find my sense of humor funny. I like being funny. Um, so I'm going to come, I'm going to pair that with verbally affectionate. And then the last thing I'm going to say is dude, argument compatibility, man. Um, if you date somebody who 
when you fight with them, they make you someone you don't like being because they that's how they have to fight, then, dude, I don't think it's worth it. I think this is something that no one ever talks about is, is can you hash it out and things not go sideways? Can you hash it out and feel like you're actually solving problems, um, that they're constructive? And so you want to find someone who you're compatible with in an argument capacity. Now, there's some people who need to scream and yell to feel loved. And that just can't be me. I can't ever have a plate thrown at me. That's just not acceptable in my my experience. I take conflict very seriously because I'm an empathetic person. And so any type, anything like that kind of really just shakes me. And I just would rather it not be my life when I can just talk through things like an adult. It doesn't mean that our voices won't get raised um, at times, but it will be that, you know, when you raise your voice, it'll be met with an apology. Anyway, guys, that's enough about, you know, finding the one or whatever <laughs> or how knowing that you found the one. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. It's been a good podcast. As always, stay safe, man, out there. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter or follow me on Instagram because I need it. And also, if you guys are on TikTok, look me up. I'm Bill Petit on there, man. I'm just at 2,500 followers on the on the talk. So actually, I think I'm close. I'm not at 2,500 yet. Yeah, I'm close. Um, so yeah, go ahead and follow me there. All love, Godspeed, and good night.